right, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to our Bible study this one for evening. Hope and pray everybody's doing well out there in internet land, overseas, wherever you may be, near and far. Welcome tonight to our evening Bible study and hope and pray. Again, you're having an awesome day, awesome beginning of your week, and truly, truly it will be. Uh, by the end of this broadcast, I pray that God will uh, greatly improve again where you may be today. We continue to uh, uh, give God thanks for, again, just his goodness and each of you being a part of our broadcast. And we continue to encourage you to share it, share it out, share it out with your friends, your loved ones, share out the uh, videos and the uh, podcasts, all these different things. So, again, uh, you stay stay faithful to it as well, to where you can hear it throughout your day or, or you can on the bus, on the train. Or throughout, you know, your day, you can go back and always go back and listen to uh, some of the messages, some of the Bible studies, some of the services. It'll be a blessing. So we're thankful that God has allowed us to archive these and, and, and let them go down in the history of time is where you can reflect back. We need a word from the Lord. You can find it. And uh, uh, over the past uh, two weeks now, we've been covering Proverbs according to the date. Uh, many of you know, uh, we, we, we love the book of Proverbs and how awesome that it is. Book of Wisdom book in which uh, uh, King Solomon had written. Uh, it's almost like a bunch of uh, nuggets or a bunch of uh, good, good, good sayings that uh, we use as a people, as believers, again, for, for life and life lessons and dealing with things. I remember years ago, we were going through something and, and, and I mean, the, the proverb that I had read, I believe it was like 24, somewhere in there, that thing came alive. It was like I was in it right there in it. And as I was reading this one here just now, uh, again, I was saying the same thing today is an on-time proverb. And so uh, God's word is always on time. And so I, I, I say, you know, as this is turning into, uh, I may not do this again uh, every every next couple of Tuesdays, but uh, these have been, uh, I hope, a blessing to you. And so these are going down in archetype, archive and throughout the years, perhaps we'll come back according to the date of where we are. So we want to go to Proverbs 18 tonight. Proverbs 18 is a lot of men, great memory verses in this proverb as well. Uh, it's a lot of great memory uh, memory verses and uh, famous verses in this scripture as well. And so, uh, again, you think about it, it's, it's where uh, God is speaking to us and, and trying to get us to use wisdom in everything that we do. Again, and God is an all-wise, all-knowing God, and he used uh, King Solomon to express it to the people, to the hearer that were receiving it. Wise men receive the word of God. Wise women will receive the word of God as we take heed to it. And, and so uh, we want to go into it this evening. Come on and follow along with us. It's going to be pretty straightforward and a lot of stuff. And uh, we're not going to jump around too much tonight, but we'll just go right through it. And really just take heed to the word of God. The Bible says in verse one, he says, through a desire, a man uh, having separated himself, seeketh the intermingling with all wisdom. And naturally, we desire to, we desire to have word, the word of God. We desire to want to be like God. We desire to want to hear his word. And so we should always uh, want to uh, hear it and, and receive it. And really, the Bible calls it us unto separation as well. Unto separation. I'm going to take this two ways tonight. Un, a, call, a call to separation. A believer in Christ, we should uh, separate to learn of God's word and be different, living our lives different. But it's also... Um, Again, he's talking about being isolated as well, isolating ourselves, and we got to be careful with that as well. But, you know, to where you can begin to separate and intermingle with, with wisdom and with the things of God and really to try to really find God through it all. And so we must, we must through desire uh, and through 
our, our hearts and our souls. Uh, uh, we must make sure it's the right motive, I should say, because this can also go two different ways. When you isolate yourself, uh, you have your own desires, and, and, and really sometimes the flip side is you can rage against wisdom as well, raging against wisdom. And so it's a, we can play it two different ways here, but it's really, really de dealing with uh, through uh, one's desires and one's ways or one's thought pattern and say, you know, this is the way that it is, uh, that, this, that, and the other. And so we must make sure that when we are, are separating ourselves, we're going to separate ourselves to God and say, man, but not to separate ourselves to where we uh, are the ones feeling like we are right or we are, uh, uh, again, our own man, our own woman, or whatever the case may be. We must make sure we separate ourselves properly, uh, again, and so that it be pleasing unto the Lord and the right desires, that it will be desires for God and not for selfish needs, if you please. All right, number two, he goes on and says, a fool has had no delight, no delight in understanding. And so uh, you think about it, how the, when, we, when we are sitting our ways and we have our mind set on something, we may have our mind set, we all go through it. We all, uh, we all are hard-headed uh, to an extent. We all are hard-headed, uh, again, whether it's, and, and interacting with family or interacting with friends and loved ones. We all have our sense of hard-headedness. And so, um, and sometimes it's hard, especially when we don't see eye to eye on certain things. Don't see eye to eye in marriages or, or raising the children between you and the children, between uh, co-workers, whoever it may be. Again, it, we must find a way to find a place where we uh, find a place of understanding as well. And so, uh, and we, we desire to be less less uh, confrontational, less adverse. We shared with you a few days ago about how the enemy loves adversity. He loves uh, contention. He loves strife and all these different things. He says, uh, uh, but, but it is in my heart to discover itself. And so uh, you think about this lack of understanding, lack of uh, mutual agreements and various things. We always want to get our point across. We always want to get our, our, our ways heard, if you please. And so uh, again, the Bible says a man is right in his own eyes. Uh, you and I, again, I'm right and everybody else is wrong, or uh, they're right and I'm wrong. Whatever case may be, you know how it is. We all are right in our, our viewpoints and various things. And so, uh, Solomon was warning us of these things. We must, again, find a way to find agreements and mutual agreements because it'll be a lonely, lonely world. Again, if it's, if it's all about us and our opinions and our ways, again, and so you'll find yourself, like what we said, isolated again. The Bible says in verse 3, says, when the wicked cometh, then cometh contempt, he says, and ignominy, uh, uh, reproach. In other words, a disgraceful, dishonor, dishonor, reproach. It's really shame that comes along with that. When, when sin comes along, when sin gets involved, when sin is uh, a part of a, of a life of an individual, the devil, or, or even wicked people come along. Uh, you think about this, or, or something wicked happens. Again, it, it brings contempt. It brings shame. It brings... Uh, uh, Again, heartache and pain and various things. And so we must continue to guard your heart, guard our hearts from things, from wickedness and from sin, because it will eventually bring forth shame. Uh, again, feel so bad after doing something or feel so uh, wrong after the fact takes place. Uh, again, after the crime takes place, then people say, I'm sorry. Or after, again, uh, the, the man got caught shooting up everybody in the building, then he wants to have sorrow or remorse. No, 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 no. You should do that up front. You should, oh, that's why we got to have checks places. We get, really have to have the Holy Spirit to help guide our hearts and to keep us, again, from that great, great shame that sin brings. Number four, he goes on and says, The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and a wellspring of wisdom as flowing brook. 
So as again, we, we want to use our tongues. We want to use our mouths. We want to use our speech as words of wisdom. Again, we live uh, where we, we say, again, we let our words be few as far as, uh, again, things that we have fun. We have, we tease one another, various things. But you know what? At the end of the day, we still want to use words of wisdom, whether it's dealing with kids or whether it's dealing with one another, interacting with one another. Foolish talk. Foolish talk is, again, uh, has its place. Foolish talk not mean, uh, again, things, having just having fun with one another. Sometimes it's just small talk. But you know what? At the same time, we want to, Make sure our, our conversations are meaningful as well. There comes a time when it's adult talk. It's coming a time with uh, meaningful thoughts. Sometimes, again, uh, you know, you want to hear something educational. You want to hear something that will benefit the soul. And not only that, but let your words be beneficial to other people as well. Let your words of knowledge and let your words of, uh, of uh, uh, wisdom be usable. Amen. And so, again, there's so much foolishness out there. I'll give you an example. Say like on television, on the radio, or now and through podcasts and various things. Get something there that's going to help me, right? Get something that's going to help me. Uh, again, I marvel again. People can listen to music all day long, all day long. But you know, I said, let me turn over here and learn something on on the business channel, or let me turn over here and, and learn something from the, uh, the the Christian channel or something like that. Why? Because these things are really, really, really what what the soul needs. Something that will be beneficial to help me learn to improve how to save my money or how to do something beneficial spiritually speaking, naturally. Uh, again, so we will need things of wisdom to flow in our hearts and our souls. Things, again, that will have true meaning and impact in our lives. It will make a difference, even for the kingdom of God, most importantly for the kingdom of God. Number five, it goes on, it says it is not good to decept the person of the wicked or to, and to overthrow righteous in judgment. And again, back to what we said, again, righteous judgment. God is a righteous God. And uh, sometimes this is used during, uh, again, uh, in jury juries and, and trials and even well you even use politics and various things uh, again so we must make sure make sure that uh in our, in our judgments our judgment we must uh, again call sin for what it is call sin for what it is and for what again uh, the, the the price of it is you can't sugarcoat various things and so uh and it's wrong to overthrow the righteous we live in a world where good is evil and evil is good now Good is evil and evil is good. And so uh, King Solomon said the same thing here. Uh, it's not good to accept the wicked person. Again, we must call sin for what it is and, and really just not have, uh, God does not respect the persons. God does not respect the person. So I uh, share with you again, some of this stuff is right down the line. But we're, uh, again, some things that are going on right now. And so uh, to overthrow the righteous in judgment as well, to overthrow the righteous in judgment. So we live in a, we live in a world where it's corrupt judges, corrupt judges, corrupt systems, various things and so uh to overthrow the righteous one of these days the christians will be overthrown and many times through the years jesus was the same thing he was he was overthrown by uh, uh it was naturally god's plan for it to happen but uh, again a lot of times criminals would get off criminals the bad guys seem to get off all the time got enough money boy they get off and so but it's god calls it it's not right it's not right and so we must judge righteous judgment Along the way, number six, he says, the fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth call it for strokes. And so, but back to our mouth, we talked about using wisdom, using sound speech. As you can read about that in the New Testament as well, the tongue is a, a, a untamable beast. It's a, it's a beast of world of hurt. And we must use it, let the Holy Spirit use our tongue, control our tongue. Again, and really we must tame that thing. Because we can say some hurtful things. We can say some things that we wish we could have back. We've all done it. We should get, uh, you, as soon as it leaves your lips, say, man, I wish I could get that back. 
And so naturally you have to go back and apologize. You have to go back and, and, and say you're sorry sometimes if we're willing to do that. And so he says, a fool's mouth enters contention. I, I shared with you before I, in service, I believe it's the other day. Man, I hate, I hate, I hate contentions. I hate even just arguing about stuff. Again, uh, sometimes we have to, you know, you have to stay your ground in various things. But even in that, you know, you, you, you despise it. Why? Because, again, uh, you can't run from it either. But, you know, when one is always contentious, always contentious, always putting up a fight, always got his shield, her shield, her her shield up. The Bible talks about a contentious woman. A contentious woman always got a problem, always got a fight to go. And the Bible says, uh, the man, he's teaching me in Bible study, uh, get a kick out of it. The Bible talks about the man that goes up to the rooftop. He says it's better to go to the housetop than to dwell in the house with a contentious woman. Again, uh, where again, it's always bickering and fighting and carrying on. And so the, the tongue, we must make sure that we are not always using our tongue to fight and fuss and carry on. The devil loves contention. He loves it in the home. He loves it in the community. He loves it in the church, et cetera, et cetera. We must, no doubt, not be foolish with our tongues. Again, and not use our tongues for strokes. Um, they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. But you know what? That's not true. Words can't hurt. Words can ruin relationships. Words can damage things. And, and roads can and kill friendships and, and, and really put up barriers between one another. The Bible says in verse 7, uh, a fool's mouth is his destruction. So there is again, your mouth. These things song back in the days, Run DMC, they say, big mouth, big mouth, mouth almighty. Mouth Almighty, and so we must learn to close that thing up. A fool's mouth is its destruction. Destruction, you can't leave. Your opinion, again, our opinions, sometimes we've got to just hold our tongue, is what the Bible tells us. We must hold our tongue sometimes. We must hold your tongue because if not, it becomes our own destruction. We can sometimes hurt ourselves. I've done things that, again, well, through the years, and you know, I say, man, it did more harm than help sometimes. And so naturally, it was right. Actually, I felt right in what I was doing, but you know what? It, it, it hurt. It hurt me in the long run, whatever case may be. And so uh, we think about it. A fool's mouth is his destruction. His lips are a snare to the snow. So and not only that, but <clears throat> it can really become a snare, a problem, a real problem, because, because again, of the things we say. Don't Again, don't burn bridges with people. Learn not to burn bridges. I don't care. I don't care who I offend. We should care who we offend. We should. We really should. Because, again, it, it will bring a snare to your own soul as well. It brings a snare to our own soul. I think about this, whether it's in the store and the lady's acting up or the cashier, whoever it may be, or the store manager. And you know what? At the end of the day, we must, uh, again, represent Christ at the same time. We have to represent Christ. We have to represent the kingdom of God. Because you never know who's watching. You never know who's looking. Again, they say, hey, hey, ain't you that preacher on the broadcast? I've seen your broadcast before, but man, you're not the same man that you are in the store. Or you're not the same man that you are in the subway. I don't know. And, and so we must make sure that our tongues and our mouths, uh, again, not, not become a snare to the soul. Let's move on. The Bible says in verse 8, the words of the talebearer are wounds. So again, a false speech, false speech, gossip and slander. The talebearer, he says are wounds, and they go down in the uttermost parts of the belly. So again, slander, again, it, it really... At the end of the day, it, it causes us to hurt ourselves. It hurts ourselves. Not only hurts the person, but it, it will hurt us as well. Number, number nine says, he that is slothful in, in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. And I told you how our proverb sometimes jumps around. It was dealing with the tongues just now. But then it went on to some other things as well. We must 
Also, the Bible talks about uh, business and various aspects in life. We cannot be slothful. Sloth comes from that word sloth. If you think of look it up, get a chance to go back and look it up. It's an animal, an animal, very lethargic, slow, slow paced animal. It's very, very slow. It's even just frustrating watching that thing cross the street, but do something real slow, real, real moving, real slow, and turn his head real slow. And so think about this in our souls, the same thing, slothful in our work, slothful in business. We shouldn't be lazy at, at work. We shouldn't be lazy at, in our business endeavors. We do get lazy. By the time you get home, you say, I'm tired, too tired to do anything. But you know what? We pray. You say, God, give me the strength. So many things to be done, even at home. I have to get off work. So many things to be done in the church. God, help us not be slothful. Slothful in our works. Slothful. God, give me just a little bit extra push, a good hour, a half an hour. Again, give me some extra energy. I know I'm ready to hit this bed. But you know what? Give me a little extra more push so I can no doubt be, not be slothful in my work. He says, him that is a slothful in his work is a brother and a great waster. Waste a lot of money. Waste a lot of time. Waste a lot of efforts and energies on things. And so, because why? Again, the wasted time. A wasted time, again, along the way, will, will cost us in the long run. So being slothful day after day after day. So when deadline hits, we got to help and rush through. We got to help and rush through. And no doubt, because we wasted so much time. And sometimes you may miss a deadline. You may miss what your blessing because we were slothful in the things in which we should have done before. And let's go on a little bit further. Number 10. I shared with you about four, how the uh, 18 has a few uh, memory verses and various things to it. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. We sing songs about it. We sing choruses about it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and it's safe. That's safety in Jesus. So imagine in the cities and in various uh, fortified places, they would have places they can run to, places of refuge where it was safety when they were getting attacked. They go to uh, towers and various things, these strong places where it was fortified and thick walls and, and, and places of safety where they could hide out. Even maybe perhaps some storms. You never know whatever's going on. But he, he used it as a illustration about God as a strong tower, a place of safety where we can run to. You don't have nowhere to go to. I'm telling you, run to Jesus, that strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. We find salvation in that, that strong tower, that strong defense, that one that we know to go to in a time of trouble. And so naturally, when you feel an attack, you feel as if, again, uh, I think the storm is too big and too, too mighty to handle and go through. Run to that tower. There's, we can find shelter there. Number 11, when it says the rich man wealth is his strong city and has a high wall in his conceit. Think about this in his esteem. Richest man, man puts his trust in it. It's good to have finances. It really is good to have finances. Again, it's, it's access to have it because it's a defense. The Bible talks about wealth is a defense. Money is a defense. And so every time you're going to need money. And really, a lot of times people have a lot of issues in life. Because financial issues. God, again, it well, and it stems from spiritual issues as well. God will bless you. God will bless you. As you bless him, live for him. Your spiritual condition, he says, I would that you be blessed and prosperous in all things as your soul is prosperous. And so uh, we, we, we thank God. You feel you feel a whole lot better. Man, when that day, on payday, man, you feel like a million bucks. Man, once the month gets long, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, that two weeks takes a little bit longer, or the first of the month takes a little bit longer, and not you, you don't feel as strong as before. Uh, again, you think of this, but think about it. So save your money. Save your money. Save your money. It will help. It will help along the way. But again, but at the same time, on the flip side, of that, God also warns us, don't get too confident in that as well. 
because the way things are, man, uh, we see how the, uh, the dollar is not really, really being stretched very far now. Man, it's costing a lot of money just for food and, and for gas. Only on, on the dollar is very weak. The dollar is very weak. And, uh, again, people, we must we must be wise in your money. So save, save as much as you can through this through this season. Uh, there were seasons throughout the Bible where there were uh, drought seasons. There were hard seasons where things dried up. So they had to store up. They had to store up for a rainy day. And so be wise, be prayerful. And how we spend again because there are lean lean years and good years. There will be times when things drop and things we don't have the uh, again enough. And so through saving, through uh, 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 things like this, it will help you. Again, uh, it will help you. But again, we, we say it could dry up. It could dry up to where where you gonna need just simply God. You gonna need God. Again, you're gonna need nothing but God in your life. And so don't put all your trust. In finances as well, but trust in the living God he, that He'll supply all your need. Because some, what really about bringing this up? Because some, that's all they depend on. They think they've got it. Bible says gain is not got uh, gain, but in other words, financial is not always godliness. Having a whole lot in the a whole lot of zeros in the bank, that's not always godliness either. It doesn't mean that you're closer to God because you got money. No, far from that. So He says many will puff themselves up because they have and have their needs supplied. But you know what? That's not always the case either. We must be spiritually rich as well. Most importantly, spiritually rich. Number 12, everyone else says, Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. And so naturally pride. The scripture tells us about pride. We've been covering pride as well. Uh, we can continue to remind ourselves. God help us. Help us. Help us. To keep ourselves in the grave. Stay crucified. Stay buried with Christ. And so... Um, uh, uh, before the heart, destruction is before haughty. Haughty means pride. Haughty means again lifted up. Haughty means uh, again. Uh, it, it just means that it's, it's a proud spirit, and so or the big head, if you please, or this way, uh, conceited or arrogant, uh, stuck up, uh, pompous, self-important, on and on and on. And so the haughty spirit, uh, this haughty spirit in mankind, will find himself, and he says, but destruction will come before that. Again, and so you look at this, we must continue to walk in humility as we've covered for the past few weeks or whatever case may be. And he says, before honor is humility, before even being lifted up, he says, the Lord will lift you up. The Lord will exalt you. The Lord will bless you as we walk humbly before him. We we walk humbly before him. I've seen it all the time. That little quiet one is the one that moves up into the ranks. That little one that don't cause a whole lot of trouble. He's the one that gets uh, that promotion or that blessing. And right, right, right underneath everybody's nose, that one slips in and, and is blessed, and naturally just going about his business, uh, uh, her business that way, and many times they're blessed. And so uh, that honor, that humble spirit, uh, again brings forth honor. Honor. The Bible says in verse thirteen, He said, "He that answered the matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame unto him." And so even that haughty spirit uh, answer, uh, answering a matter before he heareth it. And so we must not rush to judgment as well either. Don't rush to judgment on certain things. Don't rush to judgment on a, a again a case. Uh, you think about it in the news how they they they'll they'll, they'll try uh, and, and put the person in jail even before hearing the case. Uh, so the media will already paint the picture that this is the deal. Excuse me. And so we must be careful not to answer 
a matter before it's time. And so uh, it is a folly and a shame unto him. And so we must make sure we hear uh, the whole case uh, and go through the whole matter. Think the whole matter through. Pray the whole matter through. And really don't even rush to judgment in, 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 in things that you do uh, uh, in, in business as well. Uh, think about buying something or thinking about uh, getting involved in some uh, endeavor. You make sure you make sure that you check all the boxes. You check all the uh, 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 alerts or sound things that, that are maybe red flags in your life that say, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to go through with this purchase. I'm ready to go through with this uh, uh, buying of something such of a major issue. And so you begin to say, uh, uh, you make sure that you, you do all your proper checks. So, and even speak before you, you really think it all through. And so it's a lot in that, a lot of ways as well. But we must not answer, uh, give an answer to things uh, before you really know fully what we're talking about. Number 14, he goes on and says, the spirit of a man, it will sustain his infirmity. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. He said, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Uh, um, so again, you think about the spirit. We need the spirit of God, most importantly. The Spirit of God is one that sustains you. The Spirit of God will help you. The Spirit of God will help you through difficult times. The Spirit of God will help you through times of weakness and times of trials in your life. And when your flesh can't go on anymore, we shouldn't live for God in the flesh anyway. We can't do it victoriously anyway. You must walk in the Spirit. The Spirit of God is what sustains you, really. Uh, and so naturally, people get easily depressed or easily broken, easily down or cast down, uh, easily wounded. On and on and on, and so uh, depressed. Uh, and so we look at this: the spirit of God is what's going to help man. The spirit of God is what will help our fellow man, help you and I. When you're down and feeling feeling low, get into the spirit of God. Get into that spirit, the Holy Spirit. Strength be strengthened in the inner man, the spiritual man. Build it up through the word. Let that word begin to flow. Let the spirit and and the water begin to boil in your heart and your soul. Move around. Like a river, as we talked about earlier, about that uh, that the spirit is like a, a river in the belly. You think about this. Let it let it begin to rejuvenate you. Let it let it bring to life, and it will sustain you through it all. Number fifteen it says, "The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, <clears throat> and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge." So again, those we those who hear on this broadcast, or those who come back here this later, the prudent, the prudent, the wise men, wise men and women that are that are determined to get to the God's word. Uh, uh, wise, wise men to say, you know, I need to learn more about God. God, I want to feed my soul. I want to learn something. I need something beneficial for the mind and the soul. We seek out the wise wisdom, whether it's school or whether it's a new uh, trade or skill, or whether it's a new hobby. Whatever case may be, look, seek things out. And most importantly, seek out the Lord, his word, his word. Again, it will help us along the way. Let's continue to move. Again, a man's gift making room for him and bringeth him before great men. You think about this, God, God knows how to use you in a mighty way. God will use you and your gifts. God will use you and your gifts. Use it, fine tune it, and watch God bless you in your gifts. Amen. And so God will use your gifts and, and promote you and bless you and honor you. No doubt, as you walk in God, and you ask God, say, God, use me, God. God, use me in a mighty way. Help me. Help me, help me, God, to be used. And we begin to seek God for what, what, what is my purpose? Why, why am I here? God, why? Uh, or whatever the case may be, what is what is my, your plans for my life, for my life, that I can be used greatly by you? And naturally, for great men, uh, 
uh, whether it's in your job, your skill, people have gifts and talents. Uh, some are skilled engineers and, and doctors and skilled in, in uh, music or skilled in art. Whatever case may be, your skill is your skill set woodwork. Uh, it don't matter a uh, carpentry. You name it. There are people who have so many gifts and talents. Don't let your gifts and talents go to waste. Don't use find that niche in which God has for you. And, and watch it go to work. Bible says in verse 17, he that is first in his own uh, call seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searches them out. And so we mentioned about how, uh, again, don't answer certain things before before uh, their time and, and naturally, or even the, the same thing in, 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 in the process as well. Again, uh, whether it's an argument or whatever the case may be, uh, again, you must make sure, uh, again, that all things are seen through and heard through. Uh, <laughs> just think about children in the house or whatever. And mama, here's the first story. And then uh, he did this. Uh, you know, the kids are telling on one another. And then the other person comes in and tells a different story. On and on and on. And so you think about this, how uh, he talks about we must search it out. We must search it out. We, we must search it out and, and parents think about it. They have to vet it all through. I remember Solomon. It's the same man. It's the same man who wrote this book. Uh, there was just two ladies. There was just two ladies. Go back and read the book of, uh, I believe it was Samuel. There in Father Samuel. Second Samuel, probably. Uh, it's two ladies. These two ladies uh, had children. They had, they, had, they had a child. Same age, similar age. On and on and on. And one of the, the ladies' babies died. She died. He died, excuse me. And uh, so the other lady, naturally her son was okay. And she went, the mother, the mother whose baby died, went and stole the other baby. And actually this other, the mother, the real mother was crying and saying, oh, they, she stole my baby. She stole my baby. She stole my baby. You remember, it's still going on today, believe it or not, people, babies get stolen out of hospitals all the time. Again. And grow up, and the kids never know that that was not their parent, these missing babies. Uh, it's, it's one a couple of years ago that happened recently, and the girl finally figured out, this is not my real mother. This is not my real parents. They don't look like me. They don't talk like me. I mean, you know, the features and everything. So she began to search it out. She found out her real parents through the internet, and it was a real, real heartfelt story. And so what happened was King Solomon, not who am I going to believe? They didn't have internet back then. <laughs> they didn't have DNA tested back then. And the babies are still so young, you can't really tell. Babies, uh, again, sometimes is, is obvious, but sometimes it may not be that obvious. And so Solomon said, hey, go get me a sword. So he sits there on the throne. There's two ladies are there at his kingdom. The Bible says, make your petition known unto the king. Take your request unto the king. So they took their, this lady took her request. She said, this lady stole my baby. She stole my baby. That's my child. Solomon said, give me the sword. The Bible says, and the other lady, naturally, she denied it. He said, I'm going to cut the baby in half. So one for you, one for you. And the Bible says the real mother, the real mother spoke out and said, no, 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 That's all right. She can have the baby. She can have the baby. And the Bible says, aha, Solomon said, she's the real mother. Because the other lady, she didn't say a word. And naturally, not saying a word. It, it triggered to let Solomon know she don't really care about that baby. And you know what? Again, so through wisdom, through wisdom, and the lady was the first one. Naturally, again, the, the order of it. And through, you got to vet everything out. Vet everything out. 
and naturally uh, they have received the answer. And so naturally in your life, don't just jump to conclusions. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't jump to certain things. We must make sure that, again, these things uh, are again sound. And, and God knows the truth. God knows the truth. And Solomon has the only thing that he could do. There was no other way for him to do it but to do it that way. And so it was a wise move on his behalf. Was he going to cut the baby in half? I have no idea. But again, he he calls them to really come down to the meat of the matter. Number 17, he went on and says, uh, he that is, uh, number 18, excuse me, he says, the lot causes contention to cease and parted between the mighty. So naturally, they would cast, when they didn't know what to do, they would cast lots. They would cast lots. In other words, they would uh, uh, throw sticks or they would throw semblance of dice and see what number popped up. And on and on and on, they would cast lots. They cast lots at Jesus' feet for his robe, on and on and on. And so they would do this just to make a decision. Uh, we, we can't figure out what, what to do about this, so they cast lots many times. Uh, and so up between the parties so that they could uh, uh, figure out the resolution. And, um, number 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to be worn than a strong city. A brother or sister offended is, is harder to be worn. It's hard to be one. And so back to what we said about the tongue. We got to be wise about what we say. Wise about what we do. Wise about how we interact with people. Wise about how we, we, we just do business. Because again, when someone is offended, when somebody, we naturally live in a world that's full of offense today. Some of it's oversensitivity. But again, some of it is real, real offenses. And so uh, a brother that is offended, a brother is offended, and even on the receiving end of that, you must guard your heart even in that as well. Because you got to realize people will be people. People will be people. You got to have some tough skin along the way as well. And so a brother offended uh, to be one than a strong city. A brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. He says sometimes it's harder to crack that shell and mend a broken relationship. It's very hard. It's very hard. To, to fix a broken relationship when there's some offense there. A real ugly marriage that had an ugly divorce, sometimes it's irreconcilable. Sometimes a real ugly situation between people is irreconcilable. Now, we thank God for Jesus. We thank God for him because he's able to mend and fix any, any, anything but he, and so he says, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to really work through those things and work through certain things. So he said, a brother offended is harder to be one in a strong city. It's harder than taking over a city. It'd be harder than, than going to, and capturing a city. It's easier to fight a war than it is to win somebody back, uh, win somebody's heart. He says, their contention is like the bars of a castle. Breaking into the king's palace is hard. Trying to break out of jail is hard. And so he says these things. And so even in that, we must make sure, again, even if you have been offended or you have, are going through some, some type of offense, it can go both ways. You know what you say in your heart? Help me not be offended. Help me not be offended. We must make sure that our hearts, again, are not easily broken like that. Easily broken. It's easier said than done. But, you know, we must continue to exercise godliness to help you along the way. As Jesus told us way back when, to turn our cheeks because he could have easily gotten offended and never ever went to the cross for us. So we must continue to mold and make our and shape our lives 
like Christ Jesus is. The Bible goes on and says uh, in verses uh, 20, the, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He said, and the increase of his lips shall be filled. And so uh, the words, the words, the words, the words that we receive, the word of God, the word of God is a blessing. The word of God, we are satisfied by his word. We're satisfied again from receiving the word. The word of God, I'm telling you, this is really the main thing that satisfies the soul. Uh, and you think about this, even in just good words as well, good wholesome things that you learn back to what we say, it satisfies the soul. Number number 21, going back into this tongue and, and the speech that we have, he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'll show you about, about many verses, another great memory verse, another great memory verse in verse 18, death and life is in the power of the tongue. They that love, it shall eat the fruit thereof. We can break, we can make with our tongue. We can curse or we can bless with that tongue. We can hurt or we can heal with the tongue. Brothers day, let us use our tongue. It's death and life in that thing. Death, meaning World War III could take place because of somebody's tongue. Somebody's speech, fighting, Contentious, back to what we said earlier in the beginning. That tongue, man, can really, really cause some problems. We must watch what we say. It's death and life. And we even speak things into, I mean, they say speak things into existence, pray and prophesy things, good things. Believe God, speak things into the atmosphere, saying, God, I believe, I believe that God, this is going to come to pass. I believe that we're winning. I believe that I'm healed. I believe that I'm blessed. I believe we speak life and not death. Uh, continue to pray for uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, St. Ville Noel. We continue to speak life. When we go visit him in the hospital, we speak life into him. In the name of Jesus, we speak life into your body. We speak healing into that thing. Speak healing into your soul. Speak blessings upon your household. Speak life. Because if not, uh, you can tell somebody, oh, he's a loser. You, you pronounce a curse on that person. Uh, he's a nobody. You're, you're speaking uh, this to that person. He's a knucklehead. You know uh, why? Because you're speaking these things against that person. Oh, you're a sorry dude. You know what? You're speaking negative to that person. Naturally, again, especially into children. Let's speak life into them. Speak life into them. The Bible says, "Death and life is in the power of the tongue." In the power of the tongue. If you're gonna speak death, speak death into the devil. Speak death into, we talked about this weekend about counsel the devil's plans. We counsel the devil's work. We counsel the devil's plots and plans. We counsel the devil's wickedness. We counsel the devil's scheme against your life. We counsel cancer. We counsel a diabetes. We, we pray and count. We speak against certain things. So death and life is in the power of tongue. We denounce these things. We rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Satan, get behind me. You begin to speak these type of words. You, you, you bring death to anything that's trying to spring up in your mind as well. God cast this far from me. Get this out of my thoughts, out of my mind. You begin to <coughs> counsel that thing in your heart. So death and life is in the power of the tongue. From the man's heart does the mouth speak. Let's go to verse uh, 22. And also, uh, three more verses. Whosoever loveth this, excuse me, findeth his wife, find a good thing. He whosoever finds the wife, find a good thing. Be thankful. Men out there tonight, love your wives. Do the good back in the ugly. The good, bad, and the ugly. She gonna, and wives love your husband. You flip that around. Wives love your husband through the good, bad, and the ugly. Good, bad, and ugly. 
And when we find a wife, marriage is honorable. Marriage is awesome. It can be. And so, again, you pray for a godly spouse. And when you get married, stay married. Fight through it. Go through it. Speak life into your marriage. Squash, as we share, I share with them Sunday morning, squash things that pop up. Get rid of that stuff quickly. Don't let things harbor. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Squash these things. You find a good wife. Amen. Don't just marry for her looks. Don't just marry for her intelligence or her money, etc., or vice versa. Don't just do it for that. Don't look at the heart. And no doubt, a good wife is a Christian wife. A good wife is a Christian wife. And when you find that Christian woman, they got my wife, believer, no doubt it, it causes a whole lot less heartache and pain when you find a good wife or a good husband. And say, and, and, and he that find a good a wife finds a good thing and obtain it favor of the Lord. Man, boy, you think about it, who your spouse may be, and you say, thank, be thankful for that person. Especially when you got a good one. Don't, don't run them out. May not be perfect. May not be the perfect husband. She may not be the perfect wife. Does everything perfect like we like it. I don't, I definitely don't do everything perfect like she likes it. But you know what? Thank God. Thank God. When you do have thank God. Cherish that moment. Cherish that wife or that husband. Again, God blesses you with that. The Bible says 23, the poor uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. So our approach, our approach as well. Our approach, we must approach it naturally when somebody's in need of something. Uh, they say, hey, mister, can I, can I please, I'm down on my luck, can I please get some whatever the case may be. They don't come, hey, give me some money. I'm broke. They don't do it that way. They don't do it that way. They come naturally. Hey, mister, I don't want a whole lot. I just, I'm just being, I'm, I need a couple of dollars, whatever the case may be. But again, the, that rich answer is roughly. The rich answer is roughly. And so if you have, still be blessed. Don't forget where you come from. Don't forget where you come from. Be generous as we share with you before. Number 24 as we close. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Church, we must continue to show ourselves friendly to people. <coughs> to people that we don't know as total strangers. Be friendly. Be friendly. Love up on people. Care for people as a Christian. As a Christian church. New people come to the church. Be friendly. All you old timers out there, be friendly with the new people. Be friendly. Find out their names. Find out where they're from. Find out who they are. Find out. Make friends. You never know. Again, I was thinking about it just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just being friendly at the church. You find out what people do for a living. On and on and on. Find out who works where, whatever case may be. And come to find out, one of the ladies was able to get another lady a job through the church. And so, naturally, conversating, being friendly with people, networking with people. Learn to network with people. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. It's not uh, some sometimes it's not always what you know, but who you know. It's not always what you know, but who you know. If you know somebody that knows somebody. So this girl got the job. Really didn't have to go through all the channels of getting this job. She knew somebody and she put her paperwork through. And boom, she got the job within like two weeks. A city job. A city job where normally, normally you gotta wait four, three, four months. Background checks and all this stuff. This girl got a job in three, two weeks. You know somebody. Being friendly with people. Make friends. Make friends. Don't make enemies. Make friends. Some people in the business are making enemies. Be in the business of making friends. Be in the business of making friends. And there should be friends. There's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. And really, that's a reference to Christ. 
when it's all else said and done, when nobody else is around, nobody else on the phone, nobody else to talk to, and it's dark, you got a friend in Jesus. When you get up in the morning, that friend is still there. Throughout your darkest times, he's there. By your hospital bed tonight, he's still there. When, 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 when you're traveling down the road, he's there with you on the train, bus. There's a friend that's sticking close to the brother. And he, he, he's, he, he's such a friend. He laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for the entire world. My friend, his name is Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus' name. And he's sticking closer than a natural brother, than the blood brothers, blood sisters. This friend, this friend you can always depend on. Sometimes we can't depend on a natural friend. We can only do so much as people. As a human, I can only do so much. As you can only do so much for me. My wife can only do so much for me and vice versa. But there is Jesus who can do it all. My friend today, let's be friendly. Let us take these words of wisdom. Let us apply these words of wisdom. Let us endeavor to live these words of wisdom. And no doubt that we can be better men and women in Christ. God bless you. I pray. We look forward to seeing you this Thursday night at 7.30 p.m., 334 Ashford Street. Come on out and be with us. 334 Ashford Street. We have an in-person service. 334 Ashford Street there in Brooklyn, New York. God bless you. I pray. We'll see you soon.